Go ahead. Go ahead. We're live now. We're live. We're live. <laughs> so you want you want to uh, you want to start over or something? Uh, yeah, I will start over again. Hi everybody. Sorry I'm late, but it just seems like the evil presence presence out there in the universe is like re raising havoc um, with with us. So hi Christine Marie, Cindy, Sebastian. Sorry about being late. Um, but what I'd like to do is at least get a good 35 minutes in with you, Phil. But I do want you to come on again in December, please. Oh, yeah. You know, so we can, you know, whatever we don't get a hold of tonight, then we will be able to, um, you know, continue. You know what I mean? Because tonight is the start of my one hour show. You know, instead of the hour and a half, <laughs> but, <about> thirty-five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know, like we talked about last night. You know, everything's supposed to happen for a reason. You know, who knows? Hi, Virginia. Hi, Sebastian. Hey, Johnny. Johnny, good to see you guys. Um, so my guest is Phil Saracusa, and um, take it away, my friend. Most of the people in the room saw you me and you last night on your show oh good well hello everyone um yes i'm phil syracuse the owner of the horsefly chronicles home in eastern pennsylvania an author and a radio host and all that good stuff under one belt hi virginia and uh you know i'll tell you something about me i was a hardcore skeptic i'm a you know a thick-headed new yorker i don't believe anything I don't care who it is, could be the Pope. I don't believe anybody about anything until I have experienced something. Mm -hmm. When I experience something, I try to debunk it. And then when you can't debunk it, you're like, well, there's more to it, you know? And I will say that um, demons do exist. And I know that that word gets thrown around, but I'm going to throw it around a little bit. Demons okay. do exist, period. And it is not in every case, in every house, in every haunting. It's few and far between. But these evil entities do exist in a realm where they can affect us in the living, physical realm, and um, cause havoc. And that's exactly what happened to me and my family. Okay. What happened? Um, was there a certain uh, situation that happened that you know, brought on all this evilness. Uh, can you explain what happened? And did it happen at your famous Horsefly Chronicle house? I want to hear about the house. Oh, it started before then. Oh, then okay. This started in the '90s in, my, in Staten Island, New York, in my mom's home. It was me, my oldest sister, my youngest sister, another friend. We were just messing around with the Ouija board. You know, uh, yeah. just goofing around and look. It's just the board, but it's not just the board, right? Because it's the intent that you put behind that thing that can open up doors. Right. And I, I, I was joking around with it. We were all were, you know. But then this girl comes through, and she goes, my name is Sarah. And, you know, we think you're moving the board, the planket, and, and, and so on and so forth. But she says, let me prove it, that I'm here. I'm watching all of you. So... I asked my mom to go do something upstairs, right, in one of the bedrooms. And if there's really a girl here, 
she's going to tell us downstairs in the kitchen what's going on upstairs. So my mom goes upstairs and does something, and she's telling us on the board verbatim exactly what she's doing. Now, we, we were all puzzled. We're all frozen, you know. This is like the early 90s, and we're all, like, shaking and goosebumps. And she goes, not only that, the girl's talking through the board now through my older sister. She goes, but under, there's a rock holding down your muff, mom's muffler uh -huh. uh, in the driveway. Go look right now. And we all go outside, and there's a rock that my mom had kicked up holding down the muffler. Now we realize that there's a girl here, but that was no innocent little girl. See, that little innocent girl that she played to be became part of me in a way where I became attached to the Ouija board. Okay. Uh, from that point on. And I, I went into that world of darkness where not only was I communicating with something I didn't know who I was talking to, I started to perform rituals okay. and very bad rituals. Now, mm -hmm. look, I don't read Hocus Pocus books and follow black magic or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Somehow telepathically, this spirit is telling me things exactly how to do them oh wow and um yeah so not only am i doing the board but she tells me that there's a certain book to get goetia what's the name of the book g-o-e-t-i-a okay and uh it's the book based off king solomon's work the book of the lesser demons and all that stuff and i go to new york city a place called magical child and i go buy this book and, and the book is to curse people. It's, it's an evil, evil book. Very expensive. It's one of the originals. And I found myself doing favors for people that crossed my friends over. And it worked. And it's not good, but you see what was happening was she was staring me into a direction of darkness to put a cloud over me. That's exactly what started happening to me. Right. And um, so did you call somebody in in order to help you get rid of this girl? You know, um, all these years later, uh, Sarah is not Sarah, by the way. Oh, I didn't think so. No, I know exactly. I know what you mean. Sarah, Sarah empowered me in a way where I teach people, you know, stay away from the board, stay away from the things you have a bad intent on because it could blink, it could just in a blink of an eye take you down with it, you know, and um, life goes on. And from that point, you see now the devil plays tricks. Mm -hmm. Okay. You may not like what I have to say, but I tell the truth. I speak the truth. I speak facts about my life. Okay. I'm right there with you, brother. This girl, Sarah, through the board in 1999. Now, this is years later. Now, don't forget, now I built a relationship through a Ouija board with a, a spirit that you could hear her going up and down the stairs at times. Mm -hmm. Not this house, the house in Staten Island. You could hear a knock on the door. She goes, and you would hear like a whisper, like, I'm here. So it was me and my 19, August of 1999, me and, um, my youngest sister and a couple of friends went out to a nightclub in Staten Island. I was single at the time, you know, and all of a sudden it was like a thousand people in this nightclub, you know, 
and I get pushed in the back and I hear a voice in my ear and she goes, that's her. This is the voice of Sarah now. Mm -hmm. I bump into a girl who spills a drink who's my wife today. Oh, wow. You see, this is all planned. All planned. Mm -hmm. And um, I teach people also that through my, what I went through is that um, they can lead you down. Now, look, I love my wife and I have a happy family, but the devil will give you what you want. Right. Will give you what you want. But also, you're going to pay that price in different ways. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what was happening. I met okay. this girl. We started a relationship. I found myself glued to that book of Goetia. And I was doing dark rituals and so on and so forth. And up until one day, I felt like um, I had to bury that book because the book was just the root of all evil. It was making me evil, too. Mm -hmm. And I went to a cemetery, you know, I was told to put in a brown paper bag, dig a hole and say certain things to bury this book and get rid of it. Right. And that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I tell you this. I didn't study how to do rituals. I didn't study about black magic or doing evil things against people because that's not me at all. Right. I found myself putting people into car accidents that I hated mm -hmm. by getting two matchbox cars, reading the greater curse out of that book, visualizing car accidents. And, it, and unfortunately, these things were taking place. And I was saying, oh, it's a coincidence. It was no coincidence. I had people come. No. And I found myself doing their bid and getting back at people that crossed them over. Uh-huh. And I liked it. I was enjoying it. Okay. Because when you're a part of that negative energy, you don't know. You don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. You feel empowered because the devil will empower you and give you a gift that you never had. Until you intentionally try to break away from it and that's what i did in the year 2000 i broke away from everything mm -hmm. and um we we me julie and i had a family and and things are going good and i put that all behind me all the darkness but you see now just because i put it behind me doesn't mean the darkness actually left right true absolutely uh john ventry says filling up filling a power but pound of flesh to be paid, you know. When when you were going through this uh, darkness, this black magic stuff, or whatever you what it was, did how did it affect your family, your mom, your parents, your kids, brothers? You know, how did it affect them? I don't know. You don't know? Did you ever talk about it with them? We knew that. Something was in that house in Staten Island. We knew it because it was scary. You'd hear someone coming up and down the stairs. But we didn't really go into talks with that. No. Okay. Not to depth. I would I built an altar in my room. You see, what was happening was I was told what to do. How to make oh, a certain okay. altar. What okay. candles to get, what incense to get, what oils to get, 
what to burn and what to say. I was being through a form of telepathy. She's telling me all this, this girl. Right. Actually, okay. I have her voice. I, um, I have Sarah's voice. It's on YouTube. Creepy as hell. And mm -hmm. I'm being told all this. And it's and it works. That's the scary part is it actually works. And of course, I'm totally against it. Uh, but that's what they do. They will they will give you what you want or you think you want, and they will bring you down that path. And that's exactly what was happening. Um, my friend, Sabelle, says she's a witch and she is. I've studied most of my life. I've learned magic. And if you want to say black magic, you need to study all types to be able to protect yourself and family. Thank you, Sybil. Sybil. And, um, but that, I mean, that, I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't expecting that, but I'm glad that you brought it up because um, to me, when I would go out and investigate and I would go into my meditation like we talked about last night, right? Um, it was really weird because do you remember Uncle Fester on Adam's family? <laughs> no, the bald-headed dude that would like blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well whenever I would... Go... Yeah, but what would happen was whenever I would see Uncle Fester out there in, in, in meditation, I knew it was a demon. And I have dealt with a lot of them. Um, and it for me, it, it just took a real big toll on me. You know what I mean? I was, I was, we talked about being drained last night. Oh my God. After fighting with one of them bad boys, I got a story to tell you, but we'll wait for the next show that comes up. I'm definitely getting you on in two weeks. So don't make no plans. <laughs> okay. Definitely. I want to just say really quick that a friend of mine, uh, Christina Marie is in the chat. Now, Christina Marie was brave enough to write the book that the story I'm telling you right now, it's called mm -hmm. The Family Cabin. Um, it's on Barnes and Nobles, The Life of Philip Syracuse. She wrote the book of what I'm talking about, about Sarah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and what was the name of that book? book? The Family Cabin. It's on Barnes and Nobles, not Amazon. The Life of Philip Syracuse. And in that book talks about how Sarah planted everything. Wow. And it's oh, on. Yeah, it's not on Amazon. What it said on again? Oh, Barnes and Nobles. Barn. Okay. So everybody, but, I'm putting that book in here into the chat, so um, so you guys can check it out. Because you know what, Phil, honestly, Pete, I'm going to be getting that book and I'm going to be reading it. You know what I mean, sir? But uh, Christine, thank you for writing the book about Phil. That was like really. That was nice of you to do that. But how did you feel? Work. How did you feel when the book came out? Um, I'm sure it brought back some memories, some not good memories. A lot of memories. And she was the only person brave enough to write that book because I wanted to tell this story for years. Okay. And I will tell you this. The same way we had a problem with getting on the show tonight is the right. same way I had a problem with someone to write that book because everyone backed out. They were afraid to write that book. Wow. Because they didn't know what was going to come out of this. Okay. Um, she did it and, and she fought through it. It was tough. It was a, a roller coaster, but I will tell you what, 
Um, it's a book that a lot of people should read because if you think the devil doesn't exist, then you should take a look at what this, what's written in this book and the pictures behind the book. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's, uh, the thing is this, we have to watch what we do and choose with our intention of life. And it leads me to talk about paranormal investigating, right? If you have an intent of provoking, you may provoke the bear and you may get attacked by something you oh, don't yeah. know what's coming yeah. to it. Now, I want to get back to mm -hmm. Sarah because Sarah, and again, people, you can hear Sarah's voice on YouTube if you type in the Horsefly Chronicles. I'm actually put it somewhere on Facebook. You can hear her voice that was caught by a paranormal team, and it was it's a creepy voice. Um, Thank you, Amanda. Years went on. My life was fine. I'm raising a family. My wife, Julia, we're good. Everything's good. I put that that whole darkness world behind me. And um, we moved up in the levels of life. And I was happy. She was happy. And then we moved to Pennsylvania. And we have purchased an old Victorian home. Um, and then about six months in, little things started to happen. Little uh, shadows here and there and scratches on the floor. But we would ignore it as best as we could. It wasn't up until June of 2010 when we bought the home I'm in now and the room I'm in now is pure evil. Oh, wow. The home okay. that we bought is in an estate neighborhood. It's not an old home. It's not scary looking. It's none of that stuff. That's that's the movies. Right. You know, I was doing good and... and we, we um, picked a house that we really like. But you see now, here, here's God and the devil. You ready for this one? Uh -huh. In 2009, again, life is good. There's really no like major issues. I find a home online through a real estate agent. And I call them up and they go, sorry, the house is on the contract. Meaning the house that I'm in now. Mm -hmm. So we find another home. Ironically, it's owned by priests. And it's a nice home. We were really attracted to the home. It was really nice. And we were tossing it back and forth, but we knew that this house was going to be a goner. But we still continued to look at other homes. And then about a month later, my wife calls me at work. And she says, guess what? That house that was on the contract, it's available now. Mm. I says, really? So we made arrangements with the real estate agent to come see it. And long and behold, you see now, we didn't choose the house. The house chose us. I believe that. I'm right. I 100% believe you on that, Phil. Yes. And when you say that the house chose you, do you think maybe the energies in the house knew what you went through in 99 and 2000? Is that right? I think it knows everything. It always knows. The way okay. we communicate, spirits have always been around. Um, I went into this one room, which I'm actually in now, ironically, and I'll get into that probably another show, but yep. um, the real estate agent's taking us through the walkthrough, and then this is a room in the basement, and paranormal teams call it the portal. 
um, I felt it, the room was pure red. It was painted this ugly red, like some kind of weird red. And I felt like my equilibrium balance was off in the room. But I still wanted the house. You know, I was past all that ghost stuff and all that other stuff, you know. And um, we eventually got the house. And when we moved in, everything was fine. Me, my wife, and my kids, everything was fine. But six months later, you see, the devil doesn't wear a watch. Right. Now, we wear a make-believe watch because we think time is real. There's no time. They knew exactly what they were doing. Six months moving into the house, all of a sudden, everybody starts arguing and fighting. And I'm starting to see shadows. And I'm trying to dismiss it because I'm working long hours and I'm tired. And a lot of negative energy started in the home. But little did I know is that we were feeding the lion mm -hmm. by fighting. So we tr we lived with it. I mean, we didn't know what we were dealing with, you know. And I got a paranormal team that I found on television that wasn't too far away from us. And um, I said, would you come down to my home and see what's going on here, you know? Maybe it's just the lighting and that it's all psychosomatic. Well, maybe it's real. And um, this was the first paranormal team that I'd ever seen in person. There was about eight or nine people on this team. They set up all their equipment, top floor, bottom floor, third floor, backyard, everywhere. And what was happening was this. They were being attacked. So me, as a thick-headed person, like, you're probably on drugs, all of you. <laughs> I got one girl throwing up on my front wall, and I got the other girl screaming in my bathroom, her eyes turning black, and her eyes did look black. I have another medium punching herself in the face in my living room, and here I am, a family guy, my wife and my kids, saying, what the hell am I doing here? Wow. What am I doing here? But what I didn't know, this was actually really happening, but I wasn't admitting it to myself because I wasn't okay. understanding it. And um, it turned out to be an ugly, ugly night with this team. Oh my God, talk about fights. So the team leader gets back to me about a couple weeks later and he goes, I want to talk to you, but not in the home. He goes, meet me at a diner. So I meet him at a diner and show me pictures. And you know, pictures look like optical illusion or matrix in. I, I tried to debunk all these pictures that did look like demons. But he goes, well, okay, you could debunk that, Mr. Syracuse, but um, I want you to hear something. And he plays these recordings. And these recordings are these evil things making threats to all of us, evil threats in multiple languages. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to kill you, your family, all of you are going to die and suffer. You woken us. All this evil crap I was hearing. And, and, I, and I, I questioned this man, you know. But then again, he's an ex-cop. And he has credibility. So what I did, because again, I have a thick head, right? right. I call another paranormal team that doesn't even know this team to come down to the house and say, you know what? Let me see if it's them or if it's the house. Mm -hmm. And um they come with a big team as well. It was a Saturday night, and and they're doing a walkthrough. And all of a sudden, the team leader, this female, she gets a scratch on her ankle. She's bleeding everywhere. And I said, well, maybe you've walked into a piece of furniture, you know? Right. That's my stupid sense of humor. But 
She goes, no, no, no. And then another person is in my basement just screaming at the top of their lungs at nothing. Hmm. Screaming. Wow. wow. Look, I'm known for this case because what I did was I went on a mission to prove to myself, my family, and the world that this is real. This is not make-believe. And right. I took a lot of criticism. It's fake. It's this. It's that. I'd probably say the same thing about somebody else. I mean, you know. But what I did was throughout the years, from 2013 up until a year or two ago, I had over 52 paranormal teams from around the world come to my own home with various types of equipment to investigate the darkness that we live with, to prove that we are, quite frankly, we're not crazy, that this is real. Mm -hmm. And you know that these things loved every minute of it, these evil things, and I didn't realize that. We were feeding them, right. all these people. There was ambulances here taking out people, people left here trying to commit suicide, people left here in car accidents, this thing, this one specific entity knew exactly what was happening. And in fact, it knew when we had people that were from the church come here, it knew how to stop certain people from coming to this house. Okay. So our simple minds and how we know and, and do things, we think we know everything. We don't. These things have been around for tens of thousands of years, these entities have roamed mm -hmm. the earth in different ways, in various forms of shapeshifters and skinwalkers, no matter what you label it as, our intelligence doesn't even compare to what they really are. Right. Because we really don't know what they're capable of. But I will tell you this, they come in packs and they go after everybody at once. Mm -hmm. So now, I'm blabbering. So you go ahead with your questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. No, I'm glad you. This is enjoyable. Uh, mark in your calendar or Julia's calendar, December twelfth, my friend. December twelfth. That's when we'll have you back on. But uh, my friend Tony here, who's going to be my guest next week on the show, uh, he has a question for you. So how do you see the paranormal now? As real. And the paranormal should be taken more serious for those that put their heart into the investigations because it's real. I will debunk yeah. certain equipment. I will debunk certain people of what their techniques. I will. But in the big, in the big scheme of things, we are not alone. And we're dealing with things that can destroy mankind, period. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Um... By watching and seeing all the paranormal groups out there and the paranormal investigations, why do you think people are attracted to the paranormal? Is because um, they feel like they belong to something, or is it just a little, you know, something to do on a Saturday night? Well, I'd like to hear your opinion on it because there's not too many of us out there that really seriously investigate the paranormal, like me and you. And you know as well as I do, you get like a bunch of um, people who don't really know what they're doing. And just like you getting burnt by that Ouija board, right? They're going to get burnt. And 
and then eventually they they call us you know what i mean to figure out like what did i do wrong um but what i'd like to hear your opinion on that as a paranormal investigator and living the life that i live that i still live me and my family it has been my chosen and calling in life to prove the existence of the other side period hands down that we when we die it's not it's not lights out some of us were earthbound spirits some of us will go to a higher plane some of us call it heaven or home um we're not by any shape or form decayed to a point where we don't exist anymore and right. that's been my goal to prove that we go on in various forms and there's multiple multiple dimensions now i'll tell you really quick uh, uh, back in the 90s now i lost an ex-girlfriend at a young age she was in her 20s and um you think that the dead don't watch well they do because we had lost touch and then a friend came to me and says guess what this girl died you know your ex so i was like what this is like a year or two after death you know mm -hmm. so he goes come on let's go to the cemetery and pay respects we go to the cemetery he puts down a pack of cigarettes because she liked the smoke and all that stuff and then that night we went back to my place and i, I said you know what let's see if we could talk to her for the ouija board she came right through that board like there was no tomorrow she said thank you and i says wait a second what is it like on that side and what she explained to me was this mm -hmm. she goes phil it's just like walking out of your body and i says well why didn't you go to a higher place why are you still here she goes because i want to watch over my daughter and she goes but we're not able to communicate any time it has something she was very specific on this it has something to do with the alignment of the stars now i don't exactly know what that means but it's some kind of an energy that i guess that like we call full moons and the way stars right i'll put it to, I, I don't study all that stuff you know but she was trying to explain it to me i happened to catch her, her on a perfect night not only i blindfolded my friend and i mm -hmm. says i'm not touching the plankhead on the ouija board in fact you know what i'm gonna just ask the questions i asked personal detailed questions she told me everything and i was i was tear jerking mm -hmm. about it. i was upset but then I also mm -hmm. knew that this is her. And the way she explained it, you know, she's not going back to any other dimension. She wants to be here with her child. Right. So I can tell the world this. We do go on. And I think because of free will and choice, we make that decision when we die. If we want to go to the light, yes. if there's the light that comes for us. Right. Or if we want to remain earthbound up until people that we're watching over come with us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, dude. And I, I have another theory behind that. Um, in, in the scenario, you and Jolie are married. You guys do everything together. You travel together. You eat together. You never leave each other's side. And then all of a sudden, you pass away. Okay? You die. And then all this, and you're there, you seeing how upset Julia is, right? And and I know that the love that you have for each other, I can guarantee it, you would not leave her until you knew she was okay with your passing. 
This is true. It's kind of like that movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore back years ago. Uh, he had unfinished business. Yeah, and a lot of them do. Um, I know a lot of um, spirits that I've dealt with, they did nasty things when they were alive. And now I know that now their spirits are on and they hear their family members saying, boy, what an asshole he was and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know. Whatever, whatever you're telling me and, and my people out here, um, I'm telling you, it, I, I relate. I relate tremendously with that stuff. Um, yes, evil's bad. The devil does exist. And now, I'm going to jump in there really quick and tell you what happened when we had Paranormal Challenge here back a few years ago. You know, we have to be careful as investigators. We really do. And it's, look, I think there should be more investigators, but you should learn before you investigate and don't mm -hmm. take it too lightly. Just yes. Don't. Yes. Um, Paranormal Challenge was here. Now, that's a that's a branch off of Zach Baggins' thing. He wasn't here, but it's a branch off of what he was doing on that show. So this team mm -hmm. comes here, and they and and I talked to them on the phone. They didn't believe in my case, and I said, you know what? I'm that person. I will say, come to my house. Okay, right. you come here, and and I'll I'll even feed you, and then you bring all your equipment. Let's see, and that's exactly what I did. So the team comes here, right? And I go Facebook Live, and this is on my Facebook somewhere. And I record each and every one of them. So the guy, the leader goes, you know, the team leader goes to me, you know what? I don't believe in this case, the Horsefly Chronicles. He goes, but something was visiting me and my girlfriend last night, and it was not good. Mm -hmm. It was not good. So there was about five of them, well-known people. I'm not going to mention any names. And... I recorded each and every one of them, and then they started their investigation. But the most stupidest thing they did, and I told them not to, is they left the female investigator alone up in my living room. Oh, my and God. Said, don't leave anyone alone in this house. Just don't do it. It's not safe because the house is known for certain things. And he insisted. I know what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, so he left her alone. And I have home surveillance. And she's communicating with Sarah. And she's playing with Sarah now through a teddy bear. And Sarah's voice is coming through. We're in the basement. And all of a sudden, his demeanor changes. And he's not that nice person that walked into my front door. Mm -hmm. He's now giving commands to his team uh, very verbally, you know, like, and not in a nice way. So I I really seen that this guy somehow was being oppressed, you know, but he was in denial. So a couple hours passed, they get all their evidence and all that stuff, and door opens, closes, which is pretty wild, um, and they leave. But I knew something was wrong. I knew it. I seen that look in, the, in his eyes, you know. Now, remember when I told you about the first time I had here that the girl in my bathroom her eyes yeah. were turning black. He had that darkness in his eyes. Oh, my. So a month goes by, and I don't hear from this guy. I want to see, you know, what kind of evidence did you really compile from this house? 
And um, I says, and by the way, there's that girl that we left in my living room on home surveillance. She disappeared for 12 minutes and reappears on camera. I says, it could be a camera glitch, right? Because mm -hmm. there are all glitches in cameras. I was like, but it's a little odd that she was trying to communicate with Sarah and getting a response that she's gone. Right. Well, he says to me, I don't want to talk about her. And I says, why? He goes, because I'm being accused of murder. She's dead. And we met up a few days after that in a private spot. And uh, we were talking. And there was an accident that happened between him and her. And he's like, look, whatever's in that house, I feel like made me evil and put a rage in me and, and I just can control myself. Mm -hmm. We could say there's coincidences, but as a paranormal investigator, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe right. that if you, if you provoke and you go into a location that you already know is tainted, it's going to come for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, listen, and Phil, we got to get going here, my man. Is gone. And she was right. so sweet, too. Well, hopefully that. You know, you know, some angels or whatever can come down and help her out. But I'm sorry, but we have to go, okay? Because there is another show right after me. And um, but is it okay to have you back on December 12th? That's in two weeks. Sure, I'll I'll check, double check the date, just to verify it. if there's any problems. I'll let you know. But right as of right now, I don't think there's a problem. Okay, great. And I'm going to send a link maybe a couple of days ahead. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know. It. See, the reason is that you, I, I typed in your name and I got two different uh, messengers. Okay, messengers. And I was sending it to one. But we could talk okay. about that later on. Okay, we'll talk about that later on. But again, Phil, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you thank for everybody you. being in the chat room. And we will continue this discussion on December 12th. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Virginia. Everybody, thank you for um, coming on and, and watching. Sorry about the lateness, but you know what? Stuff happens. Um, my next week's guest will be Tony Anthony Sabella from the Texas Wraith Hunters. He's going to talk about his trip to New Orleans. And, you know, there's a forest down there that he talks about all the time that I like to bring up. But again, everybody, please, you know, good night, be safe. And I will talk to you guys next week. And on that note, good night.